It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this is a new month here at BurkeReviews.com. It's February 2020, and we are getting into our new theme of Love and Tosha. If you've been listening for a while, you heard our review of the documentary Love and Tosha that came out in 2019, um, all about Anton Yelchin and his career and his life. And uh, Corey and I have been big fans of Anton for a long time, right, Corey? Yes. And we could not resist uh, trying to check off a few of <laughs> check off a few more of his uh, <laughs> films because we've seen most of the big ones, but there's several smaller indie films that we have uh, missed for whatever reason. And so we thought this month would be a good month to um, dive back into it. And uh, we want to give a shout out um, to the official Love Antosha website. Um, we after we recorded our episode about Love Antosha, they reached out to us and. Uh, one, we're very appreciative of our website, but uh, and what we had to say about the uh, the movie. But the official web address is AntonYelchinOfficial.com, and um, you know it's got a lot of stuff. If you're an Anton Yelchin fan, where it's worth exploring, and we're uh, grateful for the feedback from them. Um, we hope uh, some new listeners sprout up from their website as we explore the maybe lesser known films of Anton Yelchin. Um, and with we're actually starting with his last leading role, apparently. Um, oh. Uh, which I did not realize, it, but it makes perfect sense, because Porto uh, is the movie we're going to be talking about in extensive detail tonight. Um, we'll get into all the stats about that a little later. Um, we're going to mix it up a little bit. Usually what we do is, uh, one, I, I like to introduce what the premise of the podcast has always been. We've been doing this now for a few years, but Corey and I like to uh, try to expand our viewing history and we had a bad habit of only re-watching movies and not watching as many new movies as we could this podcast pushes us so each week one of us has chosen a film that the other or themselves has not seen and sometimes it works out where i think this entire month uh neither of us have seen any of these movies before we watch them for the podcast uh, and then we get together and we talk about it on the show but we usually talk about how it's been going, just like normal day-to-day life stuff, what else we've been watching, and we will do those in maybe a truncated form, but we're going to also talk about some of our favorite Anton Yelchin films as an introduction to the month. Uh, so, Corey, before we get into that, how you been? Fine. She is uh, clearly yeah. talkative this evening, folks. Ready. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Um, well, I don't know... Um, a few days ago, I got I was able to get tool tickets, so I'm pretty excited about wow. that. Yeah, last time they came to Boise was in 2017. Actually, it wasn't Boise; it's a neighboring town, Nampa, and that's where they're going again. But it I was sad because Bill, we didn't get to go, and I knew that it sold out the first day, but I didn't know until right before these tickets went on sale that that show that had 9,500 seats actually sold out in less than 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, so I wasn't really expecting to get seats. I don't know how the show is going right now. Um, the tool tickets are very expensive. Um, so, like, we have the peasant seats, which are still, like, double what I pay for regular shows. Um, and I know that that price level has sold out. But um, I'm pretty pumped about that because I like tool. I'm not, like, the biggest fan. But um, I also liked Perfect Circle and, you know. 
so I'm excited about that. And it's also coming in March, like it, which I think is interesting because so many shows right now, we're like booking out until the, like September. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that was kind of surprising. And then yeah, weirdest winter ever. I mean, you know, it's in the 40s or something. Bill and I were noticing that our grass is very green. Oh. Well, it usually is bad. It's been 40s here, which is unusual. Um, it's been but up and down as it does. Like Saturday, out of nowhere, it hit 40 like that night, and then like the next day, it was back to like 80. Um, but yeah, it's been up and down here in Florida. But um, it's interesting you mentioned concerts because I bought Kathy tickets to go see um, some dude. I think it's something Williams. I don't honestly know. He's a, he's a Christian singer that she's really into right now. And so we're going to that show on, like, March 6th, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then she turned around and bought tickets for Taylor and one of Taylor's friends. Actually, uh, our friend Mike's daughter um, and me, we're going to go see Youngblood. Uh, for Taylor and my our second time, we just saw him a couple months ago. Um, I'm surprised I had, he's going back so soon already. Uh, we we were too, uh, but it's not. He's not actually till May, so it's it's not quite. Okay. But we'll see him twice within the same school year, which is kind of weird. Um, and this time at Janus Landing in Tampa, which is cool because I've never been there and I've known about that venue for a long time. Um, but uh, you know, I I was not a fan of Youngblood. I did not dislike him, but I had not really listened to him when we went to the first show. And he won me over in a big way where I've listened to his album many, many, many times at this point. Um, so I'm kind of excited to go back. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll have a couple of new songs or whatever. But And we don't know who the opening act is, which at the first show he was with Mizio, who I also really liked at the show. And I've listened to their two albums many times since I saw them. So I'm hoping for a similar I, look. I have fallen in love with so many bands and musicians from just getting there early, like, Mm-hmm. and listening to the openers i so many of my favorite bands have come from that so i a think that more people should show up early to shows and be stop talking and just pay attention yeah you know i'm always cause... disappointed when uh their live show is actually better though than their album because really i've had I, I mean disappointed in the sense like when i see them and i'm like oh they're so great and then i go and, like, oh, and then you go back to them, and i'm like oh disappointed um like mute math was a band that when i saw them with 21 pilots i really really liked them live but uh-huh. their music just isn't my thing to like vibe with in the car kind of thing you know it just it, it was way mm-hmm. more um i think it's very experiential that band and so um not having them there because they're like kind of a jam band to be honest like they, they their songs are kind okay. of long and i think in a in the concert i was feeling it like in the listening to it on like with headphones i get bored and i get i, I like lyrics you know, like yeah, same. And so there's just not enough lyrics for me to like latch onto in the actual album. But it, it still sounds good. It's just not. I don't have the what same you wanna... interaction. Well, I feel like it's. I feel like it's okay. I I don't want to say like uh, that it's okay, but I do feel like sometimes when you're somewhere, even when we go to movies, we pay attention to movies a hundred percent that we sure. maybe wouldn't at home. And I feel like that's the same with sure some music but that's, that's exciting I... yeah it's where we both had concert stories uh or oh. well ticket stories i guess to be more precise um but okay um let's uh get into what we've been watching i don't have a whole lot this week um my week's been kind of crazy uh have you seen anything worth talking about oh god i first we're going to talk about it okay 
I went to see The Turning with the same friend I'm seeing Tool with. We go see a movie a week pretty much every week. Um, and we went to see The Turning on the on opening night, and please, Ooh. God, everybody stay away from that movie. So I have a similar story. Uh, well, not a similar story. I went to see The Turning on opening night. Um, I was maybe 30 minutes into it, and uh, Kathy uh, had a mild concussion. Um, what? Yeah, she got hit in the head with uh, not one, not two, not three, but four cans of falling dog food from her job. Holy sh! Um, yeah, and uh, she and a mild concussion is an assumption. Uh, we did not end up needing to go to the hospital, but she did need me to drive her home, so I had to leave the movie. Um, but it was one of those things where I was okay with leaving the movie because I was really bored and couldn't. I couldn't believe uh, the like if anyone. Ben. What happened? Well, oh, I thought you were going to say something about Finn. The whole movie, kind of in general. And I love Mackenzie Davis, and even, like, she was fine, but the movie was really bad. What was really killing me, though, was Brooklyn Prince. And Yeah, I knew you were going to be upset about that. Because I don't blame her. I think it's really good evidence of a strong director with a child actress. Um, I think if you, Sean Baker is really great at naturalistic acting anyways, and I think he was willing to work with her to coax out a very believable performance, where this movie just felt like she was reciting lines that someone told her to say. And uh, it's not that she's bad. It just felt very generic, and, um, I mean, the dialogue was really cheesy, and every line felt overperformed, like overacting. I felt like it was just so bad. Yeah, I didn't make it to the end. I did have um, Big Tuna uh, went and saw it last night and filled me in uh, of the kind of crazy ending. I won't, we won't spoil that movie, but really, from what I've gathered in my very brief encounter with it, it's probably better that you avoid it. Um, yeah, it's not not great. Not very disappointed. I was really hoping that Brooklyn Prince would get a good second movie, especially because this one is a much bigger um, you know window of opportunities for people to see it. And I really loved her in Florida Project. I, I was not feeling what she was doing in the turning, although I do still think that is most likely the director's fault. And uh, and Sean Baker is an auteur at, at, I mean, almost a pure auteur at this point. The dude is a indie director at, at its finest, and yeah, um, it, it shows to me uh, the, what I saw in that movie. But sorry, was uh, yeah, that was the first thing you saw? Anything else? Um, that's the only movie, and then Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part 3 came out, and I've watched all of that <laughs> over three days, guys. It's eight episodes, so calm down, John. Still, <laughs> still haven't watched The Irishman is all I'm saying. You know? <laughs> I know. I don't know why TV is just so much more consumable to me. It's just so much easier, and I'll be like, you know what? I'll, I'm going to watch one episode, and then I'm going to go clean my kitchen. Or like Friday, I was like, I'm going to clean my kitchen and clean one of the bathrooms, and then I will you know, reward myself. For some but, people. I will buy mm -hmm. that. But you stop movies all the time. So there's yeah. not really the excuse. <laughs> but I, I like with TV that that I – like even if there's a cliffhanger, it still kind of wraps up each episode. Like you get – I don't know. I, I prefer – I kind of prefer just watching TV. And I'm watching The Office. I'm almost done with that. Um, and especially lately, I've just more wanted to watch – shows so and it looks like i'll be looking for a new co-host uh for our movie <laughs> podcast uh, i still watch this movie every week true, true. 
And that is the only stipulation for being part of this club. <laughs> that That's true. it. That and th- you even say that every time we record, so that at least you know we watch one more one new movie. That's that's all I have to do here. That is the minimum requirement. So if the and minimum, I show up, you're like you know Jennifer Aniston's and I character watched in Office. The Turning. Piece. Yes, I know. Which that's rare for you to go opening night on a horror movie, but yeah, or like any movie, but especially a horror movie because I feel like they have the worst crowds. A lot of and times. dude, I have to tell you. So my friends parents came and one of her brothers came too and that was fun but at the other end of the row this woman was like it was so weird there are so many times in the movie she would just go ew oh ew like so many times and like loud like that and she was on her own i was just like oh my god what's happening she wanted (laughs) someone to interact with her you let her down well it wasn't worth interacting with i i feel like i've barely watched anything i only have two movies outside of porto this week i was like well technically three but i don't count the turning because i only saw a part of it um and i don't think i watched any tv so i don't know my my week just really got away from me um but i saw um, i finally got to see jay and silent bob reboot um i bought it i pre-ordered it months ago and uh i didn't know when it was coming out and right after we got done recording um voodoo popped up and was like hey tomorrow you can watch jay and silent bob reboot i'm like what sweet was that just like a straight to um well no it's had a theatrical run it's just a very very limited run um, okay because i didn't see it at my theater it released as like a fandango event on uh like mm-hmm. october 15th or something like that and then he's been touring it so rather than uh it just getting a wide release he's taking it to theaters across the country and mm-hmm. you watch the movie and then you get a q a with him and jay afterwards and sometimes other That's people right. are there they they came to Tampa. Um, I, it was just it was like fifty bucks or something because of the Q and A aspect. So you're getting like three or four hours worth of content. But um, and they're still on tour with it actually. So even though it is available on Blu-ray and uh, digital, you can still see it on a quote unquote big screen. It depends on the venue how big a screen. Um, they're not traditionally movie theaters in this scenario, you know, because they're doing like a Q and A. Um, it depends on where you where you live and whatnot, what kind of theaters you have. Like I'm sure in South, like in Austin, where they have theaters that host Q and A's all the time because of the film community, you probably are going to get like an actual theater experience. Where other times it'll probably be like a big, um, you know, venues that can do big screens, but isn't traditionally a movie theater. And um, but I finally got to watch it. It's a movie I've been waiting for for a long time, and um, my review's not up yet, but it will be uh, probably this week. Um, I was thoroughly uh happy not it's not perfect there's definitely problems and it's it's kevin smith so it either works for you or or it doesn't the downside is that in his recent films it has not been working for me the same as it used to part of that is me i've i've matured my tastes have changed slightly but i still like i can put clerks on any day and love it i can put mall rats on any day and even when there's parts of mall rats that make me cringe a little bit i still love it and I love Chasing Amy differently now as an adult than when I was younger and watching it. Um, I haven't watched Dogma in years, but I, I think I remember that movie so, so well because it came at the right time for me uh, when I found it. And then I saw Jane and Bob Strike back in the theater, I think. Um, if not, I just missed it, and I but I've seen that movie far too many times. And uh, this movie, not only did it work for me in, the, in terms of most of the humor, there was a couple of bits that I could have done without... Um, I do love the references. There's a lot of cameos, as you would expect. But what really surprised me in the most enjoyable way is how great Harley Quinn Smith is as an actress. Um, and I, I, I usually don't go into this much depth with a uh, what we've been watching kind of thing. But, um, you know, she was in uh, Tusk. 
she has a very very small part in Tusk. She's one of the the uh, convenience store clerks. Okay. In Canada, and then Kevin took the character that her and Johnny Depp's daughter played in in Tusk and made Yoga Hosers, which is horrible, horrible movie. And I hate saying that as I am a Kevin Smith fan in more ways than one. He is I attribute his heart attack and subsequent weight loss as the motivation to get me to do my own. Um, he he's inspired me to start podcasting. I mean, the dude is. I owe a lot of who I am because of Kevin Smith. Even my extreme nerdy obsession with film comes from when I discovered Mallrats for the first time. And that he was like the first director who I became uh, a fan of, where I was like, you know, a Kevin Smith movie, all right. And um, seeing him cast Harley in those two films and those being bad, I was questioning Harley's ability. And then I saw a movie last year that uh, Sean um, made me watch, uh, as part of our um, February challenge with all these small moments with her and um, has uh, Brendan Meyer, Molly Ringwald, Brian Darcy James, who's in a lot of stuff. And I was really impressed with her in that movie. A smaller role, but I liked her a lot. So I wasn't sure how she would be um, in this movie. I didn't know if it was just Kevin, you know, trying to make his daughter something when maybe she shouldn't be. Um, but she's really good. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I also think uh, of all the Kevin Smith movies that I've seen, and I've seen every Kevin Smith movie, I think, at this point, um, including his the ones he didn't write but directed, um, you know, uh, Zack and Miri and uh, Cop Out. This one features, I think, one of the most emo- genuinely emotional monologues that I've witnessed in his movies um, from Jay, mind you. And I was really impressed uh, with the interaction between him and Harley in that moment. Um, it, I think Kevin Smith fans will be happy when they get to see it, and I think uh, I think we are seeing a it's a very blatant message in the film. But this is kind of Kevin saying, you know, I I had my time, now it's my daughter's time to shine, and he gave her an opportunity, and I think she knocked it out of the park. So um, I think be on the lookout for Harley Quinn Smith. I think she's going to be something, you know, at the very least an indie star, um, and at best she'll be you know at least a, like a a supporting actress in a lot of movies so um and then i watched one more movie Corey, and i don't know if you've ever seen this but i was very intrigued when the cast was pointed out to me and i've seen this box a billion times or the poster a billion times on like amazon or whatever but i finally watched it this is on amazon prime it's a rom-com called what if Do you know what that <laughs> is so it stars uh the two leads are daniel radcliffe and zoe kazan you might remember zoe kazan from the big sick yeah. And, of course, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter himself, right? Uh, and I've loved a lot of his off-Harry Potter movies. Uh, not everybody has. I've enjoyed almost all of the ones that I've seen. Um, and this, I'm a big rom-com person. But what really drew me in was the uh, two other co-stars, Adam Driver and Mackenzie Davis. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, hold up now. Adam Driver's in this? with. So we have Kylo Ren and Harry Potter in the same movie? And... Uh, <laughs> Then, by coincidence, this movie was brought to my attention by one of my students, actually, because we're studying rom-coms, and they were like, oh, I love this one, and I was like, interesting, and then I was like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 I didn't know Adam Driver was in this. Class is dismissed. Then I I'm get, kidding. I get a, a, a meme from my friend David, editor for BerkerViews.com, of, uh, it's Ray crying from Sky- uh, Rise of Skywalker, cut away to Kylo Ren, and it's not Kylo Ren, it's Adam Driver, but it's from this movie, What If, and he yells, um... I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos. Like, and he says it in a way that you just can't, 
I can't reenact. You just have to look up the clip. And then he goes, this is the greatest moment of my life. So he says, I just had sex, and I'm about to eat nachos. This is the greatest moment of my life. But it's intercut with Ray. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. And then I watched the movie. And I like the movie. It's not perfect, but it's definitely enjoyable. If you're a fan of rom-coms, and especially if you like those actors, I think there's some really great moments. I think Adam Driver is hilarious in this movie. Um, you don't always get to see him do comedy. A lot of his, I mean, a lot of his indie movies are comedic, but they're like that kind of hipster comedic you know where there's like this weird like sense of irony and cynicism and i think Mm -hmm. that's here but it's it's kind of like scaled up his character is way over the top and his uh he's in a relationship with Mackenzie davis and their relationship is wild and crazy um and then zoe kazan is really good but i kind of feel like her character is where the the movie has this biggest weakness she's just she gets a, a lot of the uh, conflict in the film is really contrived and it, it could have been smoothed over or written maybe a little better but overall i enjoyed it and uh found it to be quite funny so those are the two films that i watched and that's it so before we get into porto we want to talk a little more about the reason we're doing this whole month and that's anton yelchin um so we're going to just like discuss some of our favorite Anton Yelchin performances these are movies of course that we've already seen where everything we're watching this month uh, neither of us have seen so um, let's give some context Uh, to me I feel like the movie that really made me aware of Anton it's not that I hadn't seen him but the movie that like made me like hold up I really like this guy was Green Room and there's a multitude of reasons for that one I do think his performance in that movie is insanely great but Green Room kind of came at the right time for me. I was just like, just getting Burke Reviews really going. And uh, I got to, I was introduced to Jeremy Saulnier because I had not seen Blue Ruin at that point. Um, so I was just like blown away by that. And I hadn't seen Murder Party, of course, either. But I felt like that went without saying because who had seen Murder Party before they saw Blue Ruin kind of thing, you know? Um, and Anton just crushed that performance. So I became very, very, very aware of him and i started looking back and i'd seen star trek already but you know there's star trek's an ensemble and i actually think i'd already seen charlie bartlett at that point um but i hadn't seen most of his other uh films and i was just like man i really like this guy a lot i want to i want to watch more of his stuff and um he died shortly after i saw green room and uh i was devastated i was very crushed um and still i am kind of uh i really wish we would have got some more movies from him but I think Green Room is the first time I really became a fan, and I started working backwards, and um, I don't want to steal any of yours, so I, I want to hear what you have to say about it. I'll start with Green Room being one of my, like, still one of my favorite thrillers. I just, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time I watched it the first time, and um, I've taught it once or twice, and I've gotten uh, students to watch it, and I always hear a lot of interesting reactions to that film, so what about you? I have that one on my list, too. Um i love saulnier like a lot um one of my favorite directors um and like seeing them work together and i don't know if you showed me the interview with he and anton yelchin or how i came out because you know youtube Mm -hmm. is just like the black hole sometimes you're just gone for days um but, like, hearing them talk together back and forth with this interviewer about that movie just killed me. It's just so good. Um, and I'm, I feel like that's, I'm, like, trying to think. I have another movie on my list that 
I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I feel like this is his most violent movie that he's been in. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I love it. I think that everything about that movie works perfectly. I mean, one of the things I love about um, Green Room, though, is that the violence is not excessive in terms of it quantity. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. And when it happens, it is horrific, mind you. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I think those individual moments are extremely graphic and horribly and you might argue excessive however i would think if you were to break down the amount of violence to the ratio of film it's not like over the top every second something crazy is happening but when it happens it's it feels real but um i don't want to we don't want to we're not reviewing green room so we won't get into any more details with that but love that movie um i think uh i'm gonna say i'm kind of i didn't make a list as much as i just was like aware of the ones i want to talk about and i got to talk about rudderless um which uh i want to point out we did an episode on rudderless so if you want to listen to our review of that it's it's out there um it was a couple years ago though but uh that movie was suggested by one of my graduating seniors i had never really heard of it um i didn't know anything about it and it was one of their favorite movies and so i decided why not just do it for the podcast we'll make it a podcast episode and um i I don't even know if I'm going to say I love the film. I think that the film has an interesting thing to say about a very hot button topic. And I think it is, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I interpreted the message exactly how it was designed or whatnot, but I love the music in the film and I love the performances. But most importantly, I love the chemistry between Billy Crudup and Anton Yelchin in that movie. Um, Anton is so great. One, I love that, uh, especially after seeing Love Antosha how much the music meant to Anton and then seeing Rudderless is like one I mean he performs in Green Room but you know it's not really a performance movie you get the opening performance and the rest is can they survive or not Rudderless is a performance film it's about two guys forming a band and you get to see them practice and rehearse and write songs and I I love that element of the film so much and um I absolutely love the performances and i've listened to the soundtrack which i think is even more important because it's anton singing with billy crudup at certain times and i i just adore that film because of that so uh that that's another one of his that really just cemented my fandom of anton i um went with five to seven yeah i, I was that's what, almost why i didn't <laughs> put that on my list because i figured you had it on yours um i and i didn't just go i love his performances in all of these but i also just overall love the movies a lot um true because one of them he has a smaller part but i just think that the whole movie is fantastic but um five to seven i i think that i watched this because he was in it um and i just loved it a lot and i'm a sap and i love having my heart broken but not for real um yeah and i just ugly cried you know, I, I, I like love stories, and I like that it's not your traditional it's a love culture, story. It's a cultural love story that we were neither of us were obviously aware of. Uh, one is neither of us practiced the the five to seven rule. And Maybe two, I do. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but two, <laughs> it's it's like Parisian, and we're not you know from there. Yeah, it's here. yeah. Um, but uh. I also I that movie gave me one of my favorite stories because the movie was almost over and I probably have told this on the podcast several times but I kind of love the story Corey had said you know oh I, I bawled and it was almost over and I'm like I haven't cried once and I'm texting Corey that I haven't even cried yet 
And as it's happening, I'm watching the film, and, like, the moment hits, and I break, and I shatter and cry so much. And I'm like, I was wrong. Um, and it wasn't delete, even, delete, delete. Yeah, it wasn't even that I didn't like the movie. It was just like, I was like, I thought you said this was sad. And then it hits so hard. And, I yeah, I've only watched it once, and I can't forget Same. it. Um, I just remember so many details about that movie. I do want to rewatch it, but I expect to uh, to cry yet again. I also need to work myself up to it, yeah. Um, I love I love that it's like one of the smaller movies too. I don't think that I've talked to anybody else about this movie. Yeah. I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it or maybe they don't know about it, but it's such a good movie and I mean there are two main people in it, but there are four people who have, you know, significant parts in it. And I just think that everyone is so good in this movie and everyone's story is just I don't know. Yeah, I, I watch agree. it, people. So my last, because we're just gonna do like three, um, and it looks like we're gonna get some not so much overlap. I'm torn between several, and uh, I think though, I'm gonna go with um, I'm torn between two right now that I really want to talk about. But I'm gonna go with Odd Thomas, um, and I think I mentioned oh, this even this last one. week. I do love this one. I've watched it at least twice, um, and in fact, I watched it for the first time right after he died. I was in Boston. Uh, I was in the airport in Orlando on my way to Boston when I found out that he had died. And then while I was there, I watched Odd Thomas. And not only did I find it to be very, very fun and compelling, um, I I just love this type of film. Um, it's directed by Stephen Summers. Um, and one of the things I love about it is Willem Dafoe. Uh, Willem Dafoe is so great in it. And I love their chemistry again. I, I am I'm admittedly a huge Willem Dafoe fan. And I think maybe I undersell it because he is so often a character actor in the movies. He's kind of a background player in a lot of them. He's not always the leading guy. But he's always reliable and even sometimes he's really big like in boondock saints but i tend to love those performances but i also i loved uh the relationship in the film the the romantic one with stormy who's played by addison timlin who i'm not super familiar with outside of that movie um she's in some good stuff i haven't seen but i've heard her is good like a uh, little sister i've heard good things about but in fact i've not seen her in anything else but because i've not seen any of her other movies but um i really like her in this and their relationship um much like five to seven i i cry so hard oh yeah like two scenes in this movie and um i i really would have loved for this to have become a franchise because it is a it's a series of dean Koontz books i believe um which i have two of them but i've yet to read uh because you know reading takes more time than watching movies um mm -hmm. and i tend to be uh, my brain isn't always willing to let me read something. It, it tends to jump around a lot. So um, I haven't got to them. One day maybe I shall. But um, I, I love this film so much. And it's because of Anton. Anton's, I think he, he completely carries the movie and uh, makes it just fun. And and I don't know. It's like it's fun. But it's dark. And it's uh, intriguing. It's just Man, I just really got into it, and I, 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 I truly wish it was a franchise. I would have loved to see two or three of them from, with Anton in the lead, and it obviously didn't do the, the box office for that or whatever. But, yeah, that's my – the last one I'll definitely mention, and then let's see what you have. I think I know because – What is that? What do you think? Only Lovers Left Alive? Yes! Oh, I love it. Um, uh, I – oh, go ahead. I was I love Jim Jarmusch. Uh, yes a lot actually probably too much i think i maybe have I, jumped on his bandwagon very hard but i i think that he's so cool though yeah he just does what he wants and i love it i do that's i think what i love the most is like because that doesn't always work for me just doing what you want doesn't always work for me but there's something about 
his style that just clicks with me especially um i love patterson so much in broken flowers but only lovers left alive too um i was really vibing with and and, and i didn't know you watched it or maybe we talked oh, yeah. about it i am so forgetful i i i got i tried to uh i think i i knocked out three or four of jermush's other films wait in anticipation of the dead won't die nice um dead don't die excuse me yeah, I love everything about this movie. I love its setting. I love all the characters, the actors. Um, and I was just thinking when I was pulling it up to kind of talk about it, um, he's wor- he worked with some really cool directors. I mean, you know? Yeah, uh, yes, for sure. Jeremy Saunier and just out of my picks, uh, um, Jim Jarmusch. And, and, I don't ever know how to pronounce his name. I just Jody Foster. Oh, and also now I'm blanking out J.J. Abrams. I mean, yeah. I... I love him as Chekhov. I went and saw all of those movies because of him. I wanted to briefly mention that too. Yeah, he's he is one of my favorite parts of the new Star Trek series, and a shame that if they are if they are doing a fourth, Chekhov or at least Anton's Chekhov won't be there, and that's devastating. Yeah, yeah. So those are, that's my last pick, and I mean I do want to has me a. Wazakowska, I can never pronounce her name. Yep. Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, John Hurt. Um, it's just really fun. Yeah, and it's it's one of the cooler. I don't know if I can say what the movie is. Um, like I don't know what would be a spoiler. What? Artistic, sophisticated, and centuries-old two vampire lovers ponder okay. their ultimate place in modern society. Yeah, I wasn't I... sure if the vampire thing was trying to be under wraps or not. It feels like it kind Mm-mm. of is at first. Well, I just think in the movie, I don't, like, he, you know, he's trying to not let it on because obviously he's, yeah. like, super famous rock star. True. Well. Yeah, and I love that it's in dilapidated Detroit. Think, I'm sorry. Th- no, no. I think that leads us to uh, Porto. Um, I hope this is the right one. My pictures are not loading on IMDb for some reason. Um, so Porto is from 2016. Um, it reads as follows, according to IMDb.com, Jake and Maddie are two outsiders in Porto um, who once experienced a brief connection. A, a mystery remains about the moments they shared, and in searching through memories, they relive the depths of a night uninhibited by the consequences of time. Um, it uh, has a 6.1 IMDb user score, a 48 meta score, with only 11 reviews, though, so it was not a widely reviewed film um, on Metacritic. Uh, stars Anton Yelchin, a I believe a newcomer at the time, uh, Lucy Lucas, but she's done some other stuff. Uh, Paulo Calatre, and I butchered that probably, and then a few other minor people. It's mostly Anton and Lucy. Um, it's directed by Gabe Klingler, uh, who I'm not familiar with as a director, but it looks like he's done a couple of other small projects. Um, this definitely falls into an indie film category. It is very very independent, um, and it's in its structure and its style um and it was not easy to uh to watch uh it is available digital but it's not cheap uh to own and it's not cheap to rent even um and it's uh, it looks to be out of print in other formats um so it was kind of expensive to buy on disc if that's what you were looking to do not crazy expensive but like for a movie that you may not have heard much of it's like 17 or more dollars and that felt a little bit much like i waited to buy once upon a time in hollywood until it was under 15 so like you know with my mindset 17 for a movie that i had heard hadn't heard much about uh felt like a lot so um let's get some initial impressions and then we will get into our spoiler review but Corey, what'd you think of 
Porto, which, if I'm not mistaken, this was your pick. Uh, the You got the first pick of the month, right? Yeah. I kind of want to say something before I give my initial impression. Sure. Because you had the same issue that I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so kind of, I'm pissed about it, actually. Um, I right, never got to watch the last six minutes of the film. Because it kept giving me an error. And I did everything and I know that it's only that. It's that. And the fact that you are having the issue, too. Yeah, it, it's the it's the service. Uh, we, we did watch it on Vudu. Um, and I've not encountered this. I own a lot of movies on Vudu. This is the first time I've run into this. I have run into this with Google Play Music, hmm. where certain songs don't finish. Like, they just jump. Like, the, uh, the, the file's corrupted. So if you're not familiar with how, this, how streaming services work, is they own a series of a bunch of hard drive uh, storage farms uh, and on those in those storage farms are the files and when you click on a on a movie on netflix or whatever it goes and accesses that file and it streams if that file becomes corrupted it is broken and apparently uh porto is not fully functional on most streaming services i was able to watch it on my phone and it did finish the last six minutes um but uh yeah i could not finish it on my xbox one which is where i started watching the film and then um i thought my connection had broke which i believe is you ran into the same thing you assumed it was the internet or something like that mm -hmm. um and it, it wasn't um uh yeah it's it was pretty pretty wild yeah so that's annoying so i can't really speak to the last six minutes of the film guys um i went i think that you probably thought that i chose this movie because of the length but i didn't know that until after i picked it um because it's only an hour and 16 minutes yeah um, it is very short um yeah <laughs> i i mean i feel like i'll i always feel a little differently by the end of the episode than i do at the beginning i'm i'm fine with this movie it's not one that i would probably want to put on you know what i mean i don't know if or when I want to watch this again, I did. Mm -hmm. It wasn't particularly bad, but not particularly good. Um, I felt like I had a hard time with the time. Like you're saying that it was a night of uninhibited one night, but it felt like more than one night, especially the way that the story is told. Well, okay. Well, I mean, the... no, I know that's yeah. from the synopsis. Okay. No, yes, that's. I was just gonna start breaking it down. Um. Yeah, it is. It's very nonlinear, um, and it's it's very very art house. Uh, this is not a plot movie in the traditional sense. It's not characters with like a goal or ambition. It's more about them reflecting and thinking about. It. And it's a it's a character study. And I think it has um, one of I think the I am uh, the letterboxed synopsis refers to them as empaths. Um, are you familiar with that terminology? An empath. Yeah. Uh. Do you mean like that you? I I do know what you mean. Well, I, I'm not I'm not the one meaning it. I'm just re reciting what it what it said. So I mean, uh, I believe I understand, but I also could be wrong. But my understanding of an empath is one. It's a it's you have to believe that this is possible. But it's like you are a empathetic person to the point of like psychic ability, where like you vibe with other people like spiritually naturally like you kind of like sync up like wireless connection oh that's a good let's go with that analogy of like your cell phone on those little <laughs> wireless plates and you just it's charging you don't really understand how you just are um that's my understanding of an empath you just like 
and like multi, I guess two empaths, you have like a instant connection and you feel spiritually connected on a level that you just can't relate to with anybody else. Um, with that's without googling it. So if I'm misreading that, uh, I, one I would be surprised because I think the third act of the film, which is again, it's not a traditional plot structure. So the third act is technically the beginning of the film but that's what we see at the end when we really see their connection um not it's not a spoiler because again there's really not plot in this um per se it, it is more about the experience and um it's a mood it's like a mood piece right like it's kind of this um because the, the movie comes at it from two different angles like you're seeing their you see parts uh you see his side of the story you see her side of the story then you see them together and side of the story is strong because there's really again not a story per se but they met they had a, a really great night together and then um some things happen and we're kind of torn apart um you know what's interesting i keep trying to like find spoilers so that i can like read through the ending a little bit to you and it seems like nobody has bothered to type the ending of this movie up anywhere <laughs> like um Ugh. Maybe no one has seen the last six minutes except for me. I don't, you know, like yeah, just Sean, the only person in the world. Um, I, I think that so I the way that the story is told is we like get this very brief, very brief, like concentrated, and I wasn't very happy. I mean, we can talk about that more in spoilers, but I was glad that they kind of went out, went back, and like fleshed it out more, um, so that we saw i guess more of what was happening because it just seemed so very surface mm. and i was also thinking about while i was watching this because of the way that they did tell the story because i think the first chapter is jake and then the next one is maddie and then the third one is them and i don't know if you've ever seen the movie the disappearance of eleanor rigby i've only seen the them version but there's actually mm. a her version and a him version and it, like the them it's from each of their sides and I liked being able to see both of those sides because there are two sides to every story um and I just so I'm glad that they kind of did that in here but I just think that it's been done far better other places but again I don't really know if that's what they were going for here anyways yeah um I, I do think like normally a movie like this where it's not plotty I would be like oh it's a character study but it's not really a character study. I don't think we we are. They don't really concerned. grow. Or even like, we don't really get to know who they are. Really, you know, like mm -mm. it's it's really about this one moment and how it affected both of them. Um, and it, there there are some plotty type things in it, and they don't really go anywhere. They're just like introduced as maybe an explanation as to why we're getting like the future version of them looking back on this one night um, because this this conflict arose that maybe pushed them out um and uh it does like we see regret i think in both people so like i think that's it's more about the feeling and that experience than it is about the characters it's it's like i think mood piece is the best uh it's very sad and somber and regretful um and yet when we're in the the young in that moment it's very hopeful and passionate and exciting and so I think it's relatable to most people. Like we have, in hindsight, we look back and we're like, that was the best moment. You know, that one moment in my life. If I only could get that back, maybe I wouldn't be so miserable now. That You know what I mean? Like that, 
um, that I mean, for me, I think it would be like my music career. You know, when I was like, oh, remember that one time I opened for Nonpoint? That was the best. If I could only get that one night, one more time, it would be like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And while I don't like think about that every day, like when I look back at my life, that is one of my like key highlights where I did something that I was so excited to do because not only was I playing a big show, but I was opening for like one of my favorite bands like of all time. And it's like, oh man. And I think that's kind of what this movie is doing, but it's not, it's not about the characters. It's not about that moment as much as it's about that feeling that you have about those types of moments in your life. And I don't think it's uh, poorly um, executed in, if that's the intent. Um, If we're talking about, you know, I don't think it's also like super powerful or anything like that. Like, but I am kind of, I'm kind of curious. It does in some ways remind me of like a wannabe Jarmusch film, you know, because Jarmusch is very good about creating the mood, but I think he creates much more compelling characters or even very odd plots that have a like, like Patterson isn't very plot driven, but yet there is this like clear story and and an arc. Um, It's very much about him but the story around him and the things that happen still feel like a plot where this movie it's like it feels like there's things that could be plot and then it's just not it's just like no no that doesn't it didn't actually go anywhere it was just something that was happening it was just a moment to just thought i'd us. mention it yeah yeah, yeah. We just, i mean and again i think if you look at that and kind of think about real life that might be sometimes how we actually experience life like we like to create narrative but a lot of times it's just a series of random things that we do throughout the day and sometimes they're connected and we like oh look at the meaning there but most of the time, it's just the thing we had to do. You know, we had, I had to go to the store today. That's it. You know, that was the thing. I needed it for food. But it's not really a story. It's just something I had to have. Um, but I think it sounds like we weren't disappointed, but also not, like, super enthusiastic about it. Which isn't yeah. the worst reaction to a movie. I mean, it could could be way worse. Uh, and, again, it's it, – this. you know what this movie does remind me of, though? I don't know if I already said this or if I thought it, but um, the the darker side of Anton Yelchin that you see in Love Antosha, like the uh, the photography side, kind of hidden, yeah, the stuff that I didn't know about until I watched the doc. This movie feels like that to me, like the character he's playing and some of the scenes that happen in the film feel like that kind of darker side of Anton. And not that he was dark, but he had a, he had a little bit of a, he wasn't some like you know you know uh, what's like goody two shoes either you know um not not to i'm not passing judgment or anything but like you know he did some wild things and i love learning that stuff and i wouldn't have known that had uh had we not watched the doc and I, again i think this movie is like i feel like i understand why he wanted to do this movie i guess is what i'm saying you know like and mm-hmm. i think that's going to be true for some of the indie films that we haven't seen of his uh where his the some of the movies feel a little darker just inherently so well even that very small part that he played in thoroughbreds yes which i really like that movie a lot yeah so funny like darkly funny very yeah dark but so funny um yeah and i think that we're gonna get like a bigger role of that in is that we don't belong yeah. or something yeah. um yeah well, I think that's uh, the cue to jump into spoiler talk. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about Porto in great detail. You have been warned. I'm going to backpedal on what you just said. We probably won't talk that much detail. Cause there, yeah, because yeah, there isn't a lot. It's a short movie, and there's not a lot. I, I will say, 
Um, listeners, and I kind of wanted to give this warning before spoilers even, but if you haven't watched this yet, be warned that the third act kind of breaches on, like, softcore porn. Like, there is a really long sex sequence, and it is not shy away from it at all. I do think the movie earns it because the whole... That, That's their relationship. And that sexual encounter is so intense, and it is because of their empath ability, apparently. Like, they're... they're they don't understand why they feel so strongly for each other so quickly, but they do to the point where they say they love each other, like, the first night. And it, it's and not one knew. of those things. Well, yeah, it's not one of those things it's where, like, a guy happen. says it to get the girl. Like, it's it's him very, like, reluctantly admitting that he loves her. Like, he doesn't understand it. He just does. And so I, I think, like, I don't feel like the scene is exploitative or anything like that, but it is – it's – I wouldn't even say it's graphic, but it, it's it's on there. So if you if sexuality in a movie makes you uncomfortable, be warned that there is a pretty extensive sequence of of nudity, um, mainly her, because that's you know how, how it is yeah. always. Um, like you don't, I don't even think you see his butt, but he is, you know, sexually thrusting and grunting and stuff like that. So be warned, I guess. I just you know we don't always the the podcast is technically you know clean we don't we don't curse a lot every once in a while one of us will say usually something me yeah it's more often Corey. um and even then though it's usually mild or, or to make a point we get the pg-13 rating you know Corey drops the one f-bomb and then we move on and uh for emphasis yes um so we don't often watch although i mean considering this movie follows <laughs> eyes wide shut maybe i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you have a daughter at home, and even, like, I think it's so funny. Like, it's just Bill and I. Um, but situations make Bill very uncomfortable, like, mm-hmm. awkward situations and stuff. And I could just see Bill walking in in something awkward in this movie and being uncomfortable. Not even just, like, the, the sex part. But it's just... it. If it's not just you and there are other people that can walk in, it's definitely something... Yeah, you and I, I did luck out. I think Taylor was out, um, but even so, like, I always am, like, a little, you know, like, I don't want Because I often watch movies alone in, in my movie room, and so, like, when loud noises start coming out of the room, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not watching something inappropriate. <laughs> and I it's guess, a movie, I swear. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, you know, I'm watching a movie because of the podcast even i didn't like pick this randomly just like hey i heard this one's got boobs like it's not yeah. that at all and i know that there are people who do think like that and yeah watch movies like that but and that's fine if that's what you look for. i'm genuinely seeking uh great st- I, I i will admit too with this movie and in general i often am a story first movie watcher i do like story story is something that i'm i'm very passionate about in all all realms of um like whether it's books movies uh even just conversations i love storytelling and so that's always kind of my first look is this a movie that a story where it really clicks for me that doesn't mean i don't like movies that aren't story heavy or are not plot centric but it does take a special movie to really win me over if it's lacking that and this one didn't win me over in a big way i i didn't again dislike the film by any means but um I did feel like it alludes I, to so much story, and then it it drops the ball, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I just don't feel like it really fulfilled anything for me. I don't. I wouldn't go and watch this because I'm having a bad day and I want to be made happy, or I wouldn't. I just don't feel like it. 
I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. This is my life all I the time. Of, I, I think I do, though. Um, but I, I that's where I feel torn about it. I, I think there's something contemplative about this movie because I think it's so many – it's them walking around and thinking back that I found that to be kind of compelling. Um, I like that a little bit. In fact, it, in a lot of ways, this movie actually pairs really good with Eyes Wide Shut. Um, not to, <laughs> all the walking. There's a lot of walking, right? It's walking and thinking to to a soundtrack, and both are about relationships and like contemplating the the meaning of the relationship. Um, this was un, one I do not want. I'm not comparing this filmmaker to Stanley Kubrick, not in any way. Um, I think Eyes Wide Shut arguably is a much superior film to Porto. I just think there's some similar themes and and ideas being addressed, and that's interesting because we didn't plan that; it just happened. Um, it would be back these, to back. Yeah, and that they would be back to back, and uh, yet I I did find that really compelling while watching this, and that's where I think I could see myself throwing it on in the background because you don't have to pay attention to all of it. It's very atmospheric and it's very mood oriented, and yet the mood that it's crafting is not one that I necessarily want to dwell in. Um, because it, it is sad and regretful but sometimes you know like when i get real angry i listen to heavy metal music and it doesn't make me angrier it actually helps me to release my anger it's the catharsis that i'm seeking and i could see if i'm in a, a dour mood maybe a little cynical uh th i could see this movie kind of working as, in that same way um for me as like uh it, like ah i'm not the only one who's felt regretful or mourn you know forlorn over a lost experience even if it's not a romantic one just the lost experience of something you know that moment that you thought you found the thing you needed for the rest of your life only to have it taken away from you immediately after and i get that and i think that it is very universal that way agreed i think that's why it works at all is because it is something that i think most people can connect with if you see it like i also think you can watch this movie and just be irritated that nothing's happening uh, like like wait What's happening? Why are we watching Old Man Anton? Which, he does look pretty old in the uh, the future sequences. I, I think that he. I think it's sadness. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's really not a sense of the the distance between the two of them. Like how long had they not been together? Other than Only, I guess her daughter. Yes. Which her daughter's like six, maybe. Oh, right? I thought she might have been a little older, no, like not, seven or eight. Okay, but still, not like, like twelve. Under under twelve, so less than twelve years have passed since they they had their encounter. Um, and I assume we see her getting married to the other guy in like a real fast sequence, and I assume that's after the fight, right? Like um, not the fight, but after the Anton and her affair. Has, yeah, after the affair. Yeah. Well, that I I thought that I thought that the whole beginning of that encounter was very interesting because he was asking her questions that I don't think that a lot of people really ask like ever, but please so tell me about your ex-boyfriend or your last boyfriend. And then she started talking about the professor and we think that she and professor are not a thing. But then the very next day after she sleeps with Jake, she brings him to her apartment. Yeah. And Jake's still there. For dinner yeah he i was like god this guy is crazy right like because she said like if you're hungry help yourself and i mean it like that was in the note but then he just like yeah. stayed all day 
he started unpacking her stuff. But then it wasn't quite as weird when they started, like, kind of backpedaling and fleshing out the story where he helped move all of her boxes into her brand new apartment. That's and, true, yeah. Like... That, it makes sense. Like, if you help somebody move, it's less weird that you went through their boxes if you carried he, the boxes. He was setting things up. I didn't Which, really... Like, the way he does it too it's like he's getting to know her while we're also getting to know her through those items like mm -hmm. you know in the de in the great detail of how she packed those items in the box and all of that um but yeah so her the thing that i think is the most frustrating to me is i don't fully understand why she dismisses jake after that night that we see later because well, like he slapped her on the street but that's when she's, like, trying to leave him. Yeah, right? like, and she's ignoring she, him. That... I mean, don't, what, I don't justify him hitting her, Mike. No. That's not what I'm saying, but... But then, even, like, when that's presented to us, I'm like, whoa, he really is crazy. And I also don't yes. condone hitting anyone. But then we go back and we see all of this time and all of these things that they've done together. And it makes it even harder and worse that she is being so dismissive and just ignoring him because it seemed equal to me at first like when we when we see them together which we see that in the third act so like you've already seen him being sad and then you see like him with her then we see her side of it and we see him act like an asshole hit her and but uh, she'd been avoiding him and then when you see like the the passion and the connection they had i don't get why she suddenly was dismissive of him Except for maybe she was looking... Maybe the idea is, like, she's looking for security. But again, I don't think that's in the movie. I think the that's where there's, like, plot holes and where there's no attempt at story other than these, like, emotions of this happened, then this happened. And it's, like, there isn't really connective tissue there. You can make a lot of bold assumptions. Uh, we do realize that her relationship with the professor goes downhill, so maybe it's maybe it's implying it's her. Maybe she's an awful person or something like that. Um, he does seem very crazy, like you said. I think uh, I if if that was all we were given, if we if we weren't hinted that she had maybe like let him on or something like that. Um, but that's to me when you see their connection, it seems so genuine. Mm -hmm. For her to be so willing to just walk away from it is baffling. <laughs> and also, since her marriage doesn't work out with the professor, I'm like, you should have just had more fun. Yeah, or married him. But again, yeah. I do question his stability uh, and obviously the the movie paints him as like he just bounces around from job to job uh they're clearly opposites like i think the the restaurant she orders like a really healthy soup and he orders something like really bad i don't even know what he orders but uh, even when you see him get the food like the way he starts eating is just like shoveling in his mouth it's very clear there are two different types of people and so maybe they're not truly compatible but there's something there anyways there's a connection also come from different cultures true not that that means that your relationship won't work out but i'm sure that it takes more work yeah potentially um and i originally i remember i read somewhere uh, this film was originally set somewhere else and then they couldn't get the uh the clearance to film there or something so they changed it to portugal or maybe they already had like something like that I, I that's my understanding is it was portugal um even though mm -hmm. porto i guess is is that what the like is that i thought that was the town oh okay that would make sense they're in i hadn't because he to it. um when he's walking her to her new apartment and 
then they get the boxes out of the car or something. He's like, Porto is so small. Ah. Well, yeah. it, it still feels like it could be an abbreviation for Portugal, too. You know, like Portugal mm-hmm. or Porto, as we call it. You know, um, it could be either or. I, I don't know, because Portugal is also pretty small, if I'm not if I'm remembering geography correctly, um, as a country. It's not like it's m- super small, but I think it's by comparison to, like, Spain, which is, is adjacent oh, to. Oh, it's the second largest city in Portugal. There you go. Okay. Says Wikipedia. Well, that can't be wrong, right? Um, so <laughs> I love Wikipedia. I don't even care. I use it all the time. I was literally expecting to find like the uh, plot synopsis, and no one's written it out. So I know. I especially since I couldn't see the last six minutes, and thank you for filling me in. It doesn't sound like I really missed anything, but I still wanted that. You know what I mean? And I couldn't find it. There was no plot. There was nothing for me to read. I was like, great guys, thanks. I feel like he was good in this movie. I mean, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah, um, exactly. I uh, <laughs> We watched this more for Anton than we did for the story or anything. And um, again, I think the performance is fine. Um, I don't think it's one of his best performances, but I don't think it's bad at all, right? Like, I don't, I don't have any, like, major issues with the performance. Um, I do think... I think what's interesting about this is uh, seeing... You know the the choices that he made in his career like this was a movie he chose to do after green room you know and while green room is not a mainstream film um it is a more traditional i think story film than uh than this film where this is super artsy and independent and after watching love antosha i definitely see that side of anton more and not surprised that he chose to do this film so um yeah uh you ready to give it a rating yeah what are you going with? I'm gonna go with a decent watch. I I'm leaning that way too. I was I was definitely going. I could see it being not a total waste of time, um, but there was something again. I felt drawn in to the movie, um, despite it lacking a, a major story or major plot. And it partly is because it does allude to story that it just doesn't fully deliver on. But I'm I'm kind of okay with it. Um, I really wish I remembered the ending more because I had to really work to get it because uh, I had to get it on my phone. But it basically just ends with them staring at each other like it begins. Um, I think as I'm, you know, it's been a couple days, and again, I had to watch it on my phone, which is not ideal. Uh, but the end of it. Um, but voodoo, get it together. Yeah, I'm very surprised, especially because you know now I own that movie, and I I would like to be able to watch it in its entirety if I ever go back. To Maybe. It. We're like the only people who have bought it on Voodoo, and no one's told them yet. It's very possible. I am going to try. I'll to tweet at them. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it is interesting. Um, again, if you are looking, if you're an Anton completionist, like I think Corey and I are trying to be, then I think it's as a necessary rent, or, or I wouldn't say it's a necessary buy, um, but for the cost if you think you might even watch it twice it's probably worth just buying because i think it's like five bucks to rent it was like 10 to buy so yeah um digitally so that's that that's our first movie for uh love antosha month um we are going to be doing several uh three more films from uh anton yelchin's filmography that we have not seen um and those movies are coming up momentarily i thought i clicked the right spreadsheet i did not um where is it where is it where is it uh it's coming hold on well Oh, right in front of me. I'm looking at, like, the wrong thing. So we'll be watching next week, um, Hearts in Atlantis, 
which I'm really excited about. I don't know how much of a lead he is in it because Anthony Hopkins is on the cover, but I think he is like one of the major stars in the film from what uh, Love Antosha made me believe. Uh, the following week we'll be watching We Don't Belong Here, which is I think a 2017 film, but he's not the lead in it. I picked the downers, guys. And then um, the one I'm most excited for, I think, this month is Like Crazy uh, because of Felicity Jones, and it's I think it's a, it's a romance, which... As Corey and I pointed out, with five to seven, we are kind of saps. So, um, Porto, also a romance, but a different kind of romance. Um, I'm hoping Like Crazy is going to be a little more in line with what we like. Uh, I am also a little apprehensive about that one because J-Law's in it, and I am not a big fan of her. So, have to see. Hopefully, it's great. Um, But, again, I just want to mention um, the AntonYelchinOfficial.com. If you check that website out. Um, tell them that we directed you there. Let them know that you know you heard us uh, talk about it and that helped. And vice versa, if you are listening to this because of them, thank you for giving us a chance. I hope we uh, were entertaining enough. Um, if you like what we're doing, if you would rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on, it helps other people find us. Um, you can also follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And we'll be back next week with our review of Hearts in Atlantis. And uh, as always, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.